Full Circle Podcast with Julie, Glenn and Phil. Exploring and expanding the consciousness. Learning from each other. We discuss and explore our journeys of spiritual development. You are now tuned in to the Full Circle Frequency. Hello and welcome to the Full Circle Podcast. Hello, Phil. Hello, Julie. Hello, Glenn. How are you both? Hello. Very well, thank you. Yep. Fine. Another technical nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. It, <laughs> we we will we will be professional at some point. <laughs> we are professional, aren't we, really? We've done it, we've been determined. It's just and... technical hiccups with, yeah. with equipment, that's all. So um I'm eager to get started. Yeah. Um, and I know that usually I, we go through, how are you? How's, be, how's your week been? Um, but I am so eager. How, Julie, how's your week been? Frantic. Energies, again, continuing to rise. And uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. I've noticed at the minute, I'm having to ground really regularly at the minute. It's really hard to stay grounded for me at the minute with different energies coming and sure. just allowing things. And, and um, I had a soul journey session on Wednesday. Ooh. So we went went into as, um, um, ancestral energies on Wednesday. So that was good. Uh, Glenn, how are you? How, how's your week been? It's been very up and down. But on a positive note, um, I've looked on the positive side of all these down things that have been hap- happening. I won't go into too much detail, but um, I've appreciated the lessons within each situation. And actually, uh, they felt like they were heaven sent, if that makes sense. Yes. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, I can see um, the jewels within the crown, so to speak. So oh, it's nice. been a good week. Good, good. Brilliant. So we have a guest. Really exciting yeah. podcast episode. Um, we are international this evening. It is with greatest pleasure that we're able to welcome our very first international guest, author, medium, Reiki practitioner, angel card reader, yoga teacher, SRT practitioner, aromatherapist, life and addiction coach, reflexologist, founder of Recover Your Joy, founder of Exponential Joy, um, a special person helping people create joy in their own lives, oh. all the way from across the pond um, in Edmonton, Canada. Please welcome Nancy Nance. Welcome, Nancy. <laughs> 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 I'm not going to swim it. <laughs> Hello, Nancy. How are you? I am well. I am well. I agree with so much of what you said about the week. I spent so much time grounding myself. It. Uh, we went into another quiet phase in the world here in Edmonton and uh, more home time, uh, another time out from the 
<laughs> from the universe. So here we are again, spending more time indoors and uh, doing our shopping online and all those uh, fun and crazy things. Yes, yeah. yeah. Bless you. Yeah. I managed to catch um, your the live that you did on on your Facebook page, Nancy, the other day about about the washer, about the washing in the washer. <laughs> Would you yes. like to would you like to talk into that slightly about what that live would you like to talk oh, about? Oh gosh. Well, you know, we, we force life so much. We we want things to be comfortable all the time. And we expect them to be comfortable and wonderful with this white picket fence and the puppy and the two children, and it never happens that way. Mm. And if we don't wait for the wash cycle to complete and we try and pull the clothes out before they're done, we end up with a dump of water all over the floor and then we're blaming the washing machine and we're, we're blaming life circumstances when we have interfered with the natural mm. flow of life. Mm. Yeah. Right. We do put too many expectations on life, <clears throat> on, on ourselves, on, on, other people. On, on other people, on yeah. partners. We, we have too many expectations, don't we? Really? Oh, um, gosh, we do. We expect dogs to be kittens and kittens <laughs> to be birds. And, and it's impossible. And we do that with human beings, right? A dog is a dog is a dog. And you <coughs> cannot change a dog from a dog. They're a dog. Mm. Very true. Mm. I, <coughs> I think as well, when you were talking about uh, just allowing things to happen, I think that's that's also... that. I can tie that, I will tie that in with um, spiritual development at the minute as well. And I know we were talking about deep diving and pearl diving, but, yeah. but as we as we hit that those levels of resistance, as that light's coming down and we hit those levels of resistance, just allowing that, just feeling those emotions that we're feeling and not trying to push and not trying to clear things as quick as we can and not trying to push them. Push them away. But actually just allow us to be in those feelings and allow them to disperse in their own time without expectation. Oh God. So true. And when you talk about the deep dive, I'm immediately teleported to when I first learned how to dive and my first diving experience. When I did my open water dives, I went to Mexico and I learned all about not being able to force things because you have to descend slowly because if you descend too quickly, yeah. you run into problems. And if you ascend too quickly, you run into problems. And mm. every single problem that could have happened on a dive happened in my first four dives. And it really helped me move forward in my life from a place of fear because I was absolutely terrified of diving. And it was a huge part of my growth to go back into the water, number one, and then to learn how to dive. And now, gosh, I mean, my screen on my computer is just filled with diving images because it's what I love, love to do. That's fabulous. Mm. A fab Amazing. fabulous uh, hobby, really. So you have to keep Passion. sort of dipping your toe in, don't you? And then going back and going a bit further yes, so yeah. that you grow as a person. Yeah. Nancy, I, I'm quite interested. I've been following your Facebook page for a while. 
um, your different yeah. pages. But I'm quite interested about your own spiritual beginnings and your spiritual development. Yes. Is that something oh, that you're willing to talk about? I've been thinking about that about? so much. So much every uh, every week, I would get this reminder, or every two days, talking with Glenn, talking with yeah. Glenn, and so <laughs> this week especially, and with all of the energy going on in the world, it definitely forced me to slow down and really connect with that journey and and where it began. And I live life very much off of a calendar. Um, I don't remember memories in a linear pattern so I don't remember how old I was when yeah. I first began hearing conversations that happened in the other room I do remember it being probably between <clears throat> the ages of three and five wow. and it wasn't long after that that I was told that I was eavesdropping and meddling and that I should mind my own business and I was told not to so I, I still listened because um, <laughs> I wasn't in the room. I was Rebel. far from the room. I was, you know, two or three rooms away. And then as I grew a little bit older, um, I had a tragedy in my life which moved me forward. It, it seems as though it was tragedy after tragedy that moved me forward. And when I was 10 years old, my mother suffered an AV malformation, so an amalgamation of blood clots in the brain. Hers was the size of a peach. So a miracle that she lived, a miracle that she had the tenacity to be able to recover to the point that she did, uh, paralyzed on one side of her body for the better part, having to learn to speak again, to walk again, all of those, those things that we take for granted. And I felt a peace about me after that happened, whereas most children would be very, very afraid. And I felt more at peace in my life than ever before. And then the next year, my teacher passed away. She was um, attacked by a cougar skiing and she was taken um, cross country skiing and a cougar attacked her. And then I had my first connection with love from the other side and I always felt like I was cared for no matter what so it was a it was a gentle um but tragic beginning and then I became a teenager and like so many of us um who go through the spiritual journey I didn't want to be different than the other kids I wanted to fit in and that's when I chose Mary Jane over spirituality and uh, smoked yep. myself into a complete oblivion from any spiritual connection. <laughs> <laughs> it happens, right? Mm. And it's not something to be ashamed of. It's just part of my path. Addiction is a big part of my journey, yes. um, big part of my recovery. And uh, I'm not ashamed. Shame's a terrible feeling, and I don't feel it. That was also part of my, Mary Jane was always also part of my own path, Uh many years ago um but i think for empaths empaths do have an addictive personality, um, personality yeah don't they do you find that do you think that well, as I- many as mm-hmm. i know certainly do it's 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 a and it's a different kind of um addictive personality i find because in my personal experience it's about disconnecting as much as connecting so you know it 
and I mean, I know many people on the spiritual journey who use different forms of plant to connect with spirit. I know people that enjoy the ayahuasca journey. Yeah. And I have tried before. Yeah. But not something that frightens me. I'm not frightened of those kinds of experiences. I'm cautious and I'm extremely um, diligent in ensuring that I only connect with people who have good energy and and intention. Mm -hmm. I think that that's very, very important because my addictive personality took me down the trail of cocaine and crack. So I know that there is a dark side, lived there, been there, done that. And I don't want any association with that ever again in my life. Yeah. So it is an interesting journey. I, I would say that um, part of um, that process was actually on your path for a reason, because look at how many people you've helped as a consequence of you um, going through it yourself. And, you know, you can feel what they're going through. You know exactly what page they're on. And so, you know, mm-hmm. you're giving them that first hand experience and also sharing that love and compassion that you channel uh, very eloquently from the spirit world as well. So, you know, I, I feel, uh, well, we all feel very blessed to have you on the show, but um, for you to be open and to share that with, with our listeners as well, it is absolutely incredible. So thank you for doing that, Nancy. Very brave. Oh, you're Definitely. welcome. And when I first started um, developing my psychic mediumship, I yeah. don't know, someone called, my friend uh, calls me a maximum. I'm like, Okay, that's a cool name. But when I first started developing my gifts, and again, addicts were what were coming through to me, um, addicts from loved ones uh, who are looking to connect with them, and to be able to feel what it felt like with heroin, to be able to feel what it felt like yeah. with strangulation. Mm-hmm. I don't get fluffy ones. Um, I, I, it's very seldom that I get the passings that are just passed away naturally in their sleep. It's usually either through addiction, suicide or homicide. Yeah. Yeah. It's just what I connect with. Mm. It takes a a warrior soul to deal with that. (laughs) Definitely. I mean, I've encountered some uh, troubled souls on uh, doing paranormal investigations, but, um, Never to that magnitude. <laughs> wow. So uh, yeah. I hope you're putting your armor around you and your energetic protection. Oh, gosh. Often and always. And, you know, I think that that's one of the things that's so interesting about my unfolding of life is that I was yeah. um, raised in a very Christian family. So I don't just connect with the beautiful archangels. I connect with Christ consciousness at a very deep level, but I was also, gosh, I've been rebellious since the day I could learn how to talk. So <laughs> I, um, I, I learned about, um, oh, I learned about Mohammed through the writings of Deepak Chopra. I learned about Taoism. I learned about Confucianism. I learned about everything that I was told wasn't good from many perspectives, because I did never, I I never believed that there was such a thing as bad. I just believed that there was always a misunderstanding. And that's what sin means. It means to miss the mark. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that. Mm -hmm. I think I'm on with how you, you were just talking about being brought up um, within the church. Mm -hmm. 
Um, uh-huh. I was the same actually. And for me, that gave me a backbone of knowledge around scripture. And I find that actually I'm no longer within the church. I still, um, I would, I respect all religions. Um, but that really gave me a backbone of knowledge around scripture and, uh, the teachings of Jesus, which, which is actually, um, really important in my spirituality as well. Um, Hugely important. And Hugely. And I couldn't remember any scripture when I was learning. I, I, I really could not. I literally had a cheat sheet for the 12 commandments, <laughs> the 10 <laughs> commandments. Whoops. Uh, that's um, 12. <laughs> I'm thinking of the yeah. laws of the universe. Like, talk about a Freudian switch Some extra there. ones. <laughs> it, wasn't until, it wasn't until after my daughter passed away that I was able to connect with scripture through channeling. Yes. Yeah. I love, um, you were talking strange. You just, you just mentioned the 10 commandments there and I'm, I've just, it threw me into the, into the book conversations with God, how he talks about them oh. not, not being commandments, but more of a, more of a guide really. Yes. Suggestions for living. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it just reminds me. And, of and that I think there. it's very, very important because if we look at any writing as a command, then sometimes we get trapped within it or we become defiant to it. And we can get trapped in the contract of marriage based on a Bible verse. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's good for you, no. you know, and through sickness and, and, and that can be too much for the soul to bear. Yeah. Cause the soul's always evolving, isn't it? So to suggest mm-hmm. that you should stay at a certain state of mind and of spirit for, for the entirety of your life is quite a, a task in itself, isn't it? Cause it's natural for us oh, to want to, to yeah. grow. Yeah. And when you Such think a about task and boring, terribly terribly boring i mean the same job the same the same emotional relationship the same physical relationship i think that's why we have such a difference in the thought process between someone who's in their 50s as i am or 40s or 30s or 20s there's that they want to experience so much more possibly because they've watched us as parents be stuck yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. we need to find the balance. Definitely, yeah. And it almost reminds me of the the film called Lego Movie. <laughs> that always makes me laugh every time I see that. Yeah. The very first one, um, you know, he gets up. They they all go through the same routine: morning, 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 like Groundhog Day. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, and so you know, I I think as a, a collective, uh, a human race, you know, we we should tune into our soul on a daily basis and how we feel, you know, some days we might be required to do certain things, um, by the commitments we've made, but actually how we, how are we feeling about that? You know, and maybe if we had that courage to trust those feelings and just say, well, do you know what today uh, I'm having a a couch day, (laughs) regardless of my responsibilities. Yeah. You know, uh, yes. Truth be told. Yeah. Truth be told. And I found that as my relationships with my children are growing and evolving, that 
they call me out on things that I at one time called them out on. They mm-hmm. say no to me like I had to train myself to say no to them. I sometimes think they're better at it than me, um, which is wonderful because it reminds me that I can get better at it and I can improve because we have to be more and more honest to be authentic. And we, those words are used so much right now. I'm authentic and I'm this and I'm that, but yet the hypocrisy is so evident. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know we were, I touched on conversations with God earlier (laughs) and I know Nancy that you have a huge obsession with books and you are an author. So would you be able to, can you tell us a little bit about the the writing that you've done, the books that you've written? Mm. Oh, what came first, the chicken or the egg, right? (laughs) I grew up in the library. I literally grew up in the library because my mother worked library so I was um I I mean I I grew up in the 70s and the 80s so I would take the bus when I was in grade four grade five um downtown to where mother worked and I would hang out at the library until she was done often and um so I really really found comfort in books and as I worked through my own soul revolution my own personal development I really enjoyed the process of journaling and it was something that gave me great pleasure until someone read my journal and then it became a source of contention and um, relationships evolved through all sorts of experiences. But it was through writing in an anthology that I was blessed with so much healing in my own recovery and given the opportunity to write a chapter, which I called In Heaven. And I was hoping to write a fluffy, wonderful piece about my daughter's transition. And I ended up talking about my own crack addiction. And Uh then the two married and melded. And it changed my life completely. I mean, I came out of the closet um, of many things that I hadn't spoken about before. And it was so incredibly healing. I'm looking forward to um, working with with a group of authors again for the fourth volume, as well as with a writing coach and an editor for my own memoirs. So I got a lot ahead of me. Mm, That's wonderful. How do you find the time? Um, Well, I find that spirit shuts me down sometimes and forces me to write. Um, If I don't write what's trying to come through, I will literally get migraines. So I don't like the migraines. The the (laughs) writing is much more fun. Absolutely. (laughs) They have their ways of making you work. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, they do. They really do. Yeah. And I and I know where it feels now too. I can feel where the buildup is. Um I, I didn't didn't discover that until this year, exactly where it was. When I had my first reading after Emily passed away. I felt a tremendous pain over my right eye. And that's where the connection was with an illness that she had that was unknown to us because Mm -hmm. of her tragic death, there wasn't an autopsy done. And then there's also another pain that I get at the base of my skull, right in the C1 area. And so when those two connect, if I don't pay attention, oh yeah, I I get a ring dinger of a migraine. So I don't go there 
as often. I mean, I'm stubborn, so sometimes I do. <laughs> wow. I'm that, human. Mm, yeah. I'm human. That's incredible. Writing, writing is something that we all can do. I think that that's one of the uh, things that happens as we go along the path of education. We're told that we're not good enough, that we don't understand, that we don't know where to put the damn colon or the semicolon or yep. what a preposition or a yeah. conjunction is. And it takes the writer out of us where my love of books helps me so much. Um, the courage to write is one of my favorite books on writing as is memoir by Stephen King. I have a, a very wide array of books that I enjoy. I'm, I'm not, I'm not on one path when it comes to learning in any way, shape or form and certainly not books. Well, we had the privilege of reading some of your material that you so kindly sent to us. Yes, and um, yeah. we was all emotionally touched by it. Um, what was the title again? Was it Heaven? It was Heaven something, wasn't it? Yeah. It was really... In Heaven. Well, that's yeah. it, In Heaven. And your style of writing is so uh, beautiful. I mean, mm. I was visualising everything you, that you were saying and describing. You have such a way with words that kind of transports the reader into your realm in that yeah. respect. And it was such a, a wonderful journey, um, very emotive as well, your use of words were. And obviously uh, we all connected with your story in you uh, sharing that with us. And, um, you know, with being empathic ourselves as well, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it did touch us deeply. So thank yeah. you for for sharing that and for your, oh, you're welcome. your bravery. Well, and the title in, in of that, that book, yeah. the, the title of that book, that chapter in the book came because, oh gosh, three, maybe four days before Emily passed away, she wrote out gift <clears> certificates <throat> and it was to her massage and her pedicure company. Um, yeah. It was so adorable. I've still got <laughs> them. They're, they're beginning to, to become a little bit faded and yellowed, which makes them even more beautiful. Yeah. And she called her massage studio in heaven. Oh, I see. Oh. So yeah, I see the connection. Yeah. yeah. It was it was yeah. certainly so a knowing. A knowing. Yeah. Yeah. That chapter was certainly I would say na almost naked. It was naked. It was you you turned up in vulnerability there, you allowed yourself to be vulnerable in that chapter that, that we read. So, yeah. And fantastic. that was through an amazing writing coach. You know, I remember when I first wrote about uh, carpet crawling, I was hoping I wouldn't have to say anything more than that. And the reader would just Google it. But she's like, what is carpet crawling? And I'm like, oh, I have to say the word crack. You know, I mean, like, this wasn't <laughs> yeah. the plan. So when you have an, a connection with the right person at the right time, then they really help you. And the way that the right, the way that the book fell into my lap was not anything that I had planned because my dear friend Daphne had suggested repeatedly, like a good friend does over and over and over and over that I become an one of the authors and I'm like oh my god if I do it will you stop right <laughs> and uh, so she said you know if yeah of course I will so she said so you're gonna do it and I'm like yeah I'll do it and then uh, a few days later I got the contract in the in an email and it was from a woman by the name of Brenda now 
understand that my father left my mother for a woman whose name is Brenda. Mm-hmm. Okay. My my the love of my life, Ralph's ex wife's name is Brenda. My husband left me for a Brenda. Whoa. So I'm like, <laughs> who? Like who the hell is sending me an email? And then I opened it up and realized it was from Brenda Hammond. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you can't make this stuff up, right? So I knew, I knew. <laughs> I had to take the leap into Brenda's arms yeah. and then be able to say Brenda with love because I never did before. Yeah. It came off of my tongue like, oh, like a serpent. It was, mm. it was filled with venom. And now, wow. It's, I have so many Brendas in my life. It's, it's quite the transformation. Mm. Quite an invitation to the next, love, as the you next say. chapter might be called Brenda's Bra. <laughs> <laughs> like it. it really... Well, no, because I have, I have a picture on my uh, Instagram and whatnot with me wearing a red bra, and that is really Brenda's bra. It's my friend Daphne's mom. Oh, she, she gifted me this red bra. So I'm wearing Brenda's bra, which throws people for a loop because they're like, what? <laughs> Fantastic. I like to spice things up, you know, and that's one thing that I've learned um, to embrace is that childlike behavior. I, I've transposed my numbers this year. So instead of behaving like I'm 51, I behave like I'm 15. And it's much more fun. Cool. Mm. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Depends upon the year, right? Sometimes we can. <laughs> if I did that, I, I would be uh, behaving <laughs> like a granddad. <laughs> <laughs> be not so much fun. No. No. I'd be a toddler. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Not all rules fit all situations, right? I like it though. I like it. Yeah. yeah. So we have um we have two yoga teachers in the room. Well yeah. virtually in two two virtually in the room. Yes. Um yeah. so I don't know and if you know both. that Nancy, our Julie, is also a yoga teacher. I am indeed. So, uh, Let's have a let's have a chat about yoga. yoga. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, what types of different oh. yoga do you teach, Nancy? Oh gosh, um, my lineage is Hatha, so a very balanced yoga practice. I began at one time in my life to take my basic yoga teacher training to the Iyengar level, mm-hmm. but it was much too stringent for yeah. me. And too long a process. I'm not that patient. Um, so, and for me, it's not about the physical practice of yoga. It's about the meditation. It's about the breath work. It's, it's, it's the entire tree of yoga. It's not, and for me, it was about grief. It was how I honored my daughter's passing. Two days before she passed, we made a beautiful, beautiful vision board about what mummy was going to do next year. And that was teaching yoga. I was going to become a certified yoga teacher. And one of the things I had on the board were the letters W-O-K. So without kids, I wanted more time to myself. So I felt a terrible amount of guilt over that because it was as though I manifested her death in my life. So honoring her also meant me um, learning to care for myself, which was a big challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
how did you how did you move past that guilt nancy of of, 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 of thinking gosh that took a long time that took such a long time i think it was as i worked through the healing with my own children because my children all have gone down a similar path as me with guilt, with addictions, with vacillating back and forth between relationships of self-acceptance, more important than the acceptance of others, and forgiveness. Gosh, forgiveness was a big, big one. I mean, I literally had to stop putting pins into a little stuffed doll. (laughs) It was a gingerbread man. Um, I had to stop doing that and pulling each pin out and working on forgiveness. Like, I mean, literally my girlfriend bought me a doll. I pretended that it was somebody else. Yeah. And then I had to remove each pin and work on forgiveness. Yeah. Did you find the yoga helped you with that journey? Oh, so much. Oh, the yoga is the foundation of my days. Yeah. Foundation. It brings clarity. And I'm glad that I've got a practice for life. Yeah. You practice and, and it's a lifestyle, isn't it? And uh, the clarity there that it brings you in the peace, you know, in time. It's a complete lifestyle. It's complete. It's not just going on the mat and doing some poses or looking good in a pair of like Lululemon a- pants. Yeah. <laughs> so much more than that because I don't look that good in the Lululemon pants anymore. <laughs> I rock the Lululemon pants. I was just going to say that. <laughs> I'm, I'm awesome in them. <laughs> Obviously, we're just going to have to get different colours now, Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> orange is my (laughs) colour but it's um, like you say it's a lifestyle isn't it I'm not a yoga practitioner myself although uh, Julie did share some moves with me to deal with the sciatica issue I was having but um, it's also the diet isn't it the food that you you have as well it is for many Um, I I really enjoy food too much to do that. Um, I remember when I was investigating the thought process of moving into a higher certification and taking more hours of work and traveling to India. And yeah. one of the practices was to swallow cheesecloth That's that right. had been soaking in milk and Ooh. yards and yards and yards of it and then pulling it out. Of the stomach. Oh, yes. that sounds gross. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm like, not doing that. <laughs> Did you do the netty? I'll use tequila for that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you use the netty pots with the cleansing practice? I did use the netty yeah. pots. Um, I, use, I prefer the netty squeeze um, as opposed to the pot. So more of a, a pushy, um, squishy pot, oh, yeah, yeah. so to say. Yeah. Um, that, that process I, I did enjoy for quite a long time. Um, and then I got a sinus infection and that actually aggravated it so that the infection went into both sides. Yeah. And that's when I just stopped doing it. So I guess my journey with the neti pot was done. Yeah. I only used it for a short time as well. Yeah. Funny yeah. enough, I get sinus A little problems. bit intrusive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there are much more intrusive practices than that, right? There so, is. And I, I, I really believe... In the the ease and the flow of yoga, as well as the ease and the flow of life, and that's where so many more, so many of the practices that I use now are all about bringing comfort and ease and joy and and allowing things to release 
slowly and naturally. When I first began to develop my um, my smell um, of my psychic abilities, I first yeah. smelt geranium, and I I was so intrigued because geraniums immediately transported me back to time spent with my grandmother, my Oma. And then I I started to smell a whole bunch of other scents, but I didn't know what they were. And Spirit would send me pictures, but I didn't know what they were. So that's when I began to um, study aromatherapy, which I love. Oh, gosh, I love aromatherapy. I love smells. I love it as well. (laughs) Do you do that? Do you um, make different oils? Um, for other people, or is it something that you just do for yourself, Nancy? It started. It started like everything else. I did it for me, and then I shared it with families, and then I shared it with friends, and now I've got about oh fifty-five different blends. <laughs> so wow, that's a collection. It, it, it's it's all it's all about timing and a comfort zone too, because I was very very shy. I I was told that what I did was ineffective. <laughs> I was told that it was just silly nonsense and a lot of other flowery words. Um, so I really had a shell around myself. And it wasn't until I found a new tribe, a new group of people that I resonated with, that I began sharing more and more. And then, and then I, I moved on to the next chapter of my soul contract with the partner that I have now who supports me in everything that I do. So a big change, a mm. big, big, big change. And, and uh, I remember when I manifested this guy, my Ralph, I um, spoke to the archangel Raphael and um, mm. I called him out. Um, I tend to do that with the angels. I'm like, okay, if you're so true, Prove yourself. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he manifested a man whose name is Raphael. So I'm like, okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get better than that. <laughs> uh, awesome. But, yeah, you know, and I mean, I think that that's where when we allow space for grace, that things will come into our lives if we aren't impatient at the drive-through of life like it's mcdonald's yeah Mm. it's a journey isn't it you know it's a a marathon not a sprint Mm. yes yeah yeah it seems nancy that manifestation is a big part of your life oh gosh i think that i watched i don't know how many videos i watched with esther hicks Oh, oh right really after, it was yes, before yeah. Emily passed away and after I watched every DVD. So that tells you how long ago it was. It was, yeah. it was before it was screaming on anything. It was in a box and it got mailed to you. Yeah. yeah. And I watched them over and over again to begin to embrace what it meant to channel. Yes. And to find a comfort level with somebody who didn't look too too scary because channeling is something that can be portrayed as a, a very frightening experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's that letting go, isn't it? Letting go and, and, and having that trust, not only in your own Absolutely. abilities, but obviously your connection with your spirit guides and know that they've got your back and um, they do tell you, you know, you're fine. They give you the instructions 
and it's taking that leap of faith isn't it into that um into that zone of just uh, letting go oh absolutely and then understanding the difference between the beautiful quiet whisper of spirit and the demanding egotistical aspect of what i call monkey mind and yeah. they they really are like monkeys um i believe that's either a buddhist or taoist term i can't remember um but where oh, they're just badgering you that that it's either or it's either you 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 either go to the store or you sit and do your work it's it's very confrontational and it's very um it's punishment based and spirit doesn't whisper like that ever Mm. fascinating mm. yes yeah, spirit are brilliant at, at utilizing all your physical senses as well and as you you could probably align with this uh, nancy spirit will always use the easiest path of least resistance a bit similar to how water would trickle down a mountain so mm-hmm. that particular day that they want to uh, be in contact with you uh, like you've already suggested there um, it might be the easiest path for them to to evoke a smell that uh, brings back yes. a memory of a loved one. Um, or, for example, they could, uh, which you've already said there, uh, put a picture in your mind that might transport yes. you back to uh, a part yeah. of your life. But for me personally, I get given a lot of music. Obviously, I'm a musician and I'm obsessed with music. So Spirit find this particularly easy for them to get a message through to me. So they might suddenly play a song in my head from something I heard when I was, say, 10 or 11 years old, and instantly I'm transported back to that time in my life. So it's a good way of spirit telling me I need to address something and go back into that time of my life. So, yes, yeah, spirit work, lovely. Absolutely, and uh, not just music for me, but also movie and television. Yes. Being an only mm. child, I watched a lot of movie and television. And so I'll get um, images of movies or actors or actresses and characters. And it's, it's, it's a bit like charades. And I'm very blessed in that Ralph has a, uh, I'll sing a tune and he'll know who I'm singing. Um, or I'll, I'll give him a couple of words. And I mean, we all love Google now and I can just Google a couple of the lyrics and then be able to convey further to the client. And it's not always about getting the message right when I'm doing a reading. I love cards. Um, for me, tarot cards is a wonderful yeah. expression. And or when I'm doing SRT, um, spiritual response therapy, I sometimes will get the messages later. And I like that because then I continue to share the journey with the person that I'm blessed to be working with. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's it's such a gift. It truly, truly is. And yet it's a challenge to explain to people what that is. I was at a viewing of a family member last night and um, a, a cousin on Ralph's side. And to be able to go in there with my Reiki energy and give comfort to a woman who had lost her child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I'm so blessed, but I can't always explain it and articulate it. Well, obviously you, you were the right person for the job, obviously with your, what you've gone through yourself. And so you would know exactly what sort of energy and compassion you would need to send, you know, with your presence, Mm -hmm. your loving presence being there. 
Well, and it's one of those things that, you know, when we lose a husband or we lose a wife, we become a widow. But when we lose a child, yeah, what do we become? Mm. Childless? Barren? Yeah. We, there isn't a word for that. That's very no. true. There's just not a word for it. And every experience is so different when we lose somebody because of the unique experience of that person in our life. Not one mother can understand another mother's pain or father, brother, yeah. sister, the whole gamut. It's, it's unexplainable because nobody lived that unique experience with that unique soul. Such a great way of putting that as well. And I'm sure yeah. a lot of our listeners can align with the words that you've used there. And, um, you know, also is, as for the listener's perspective, they would have noticed that pause that we left there in between you saying those words. And uh, we had our previous guest on here um, a few weeks back, Chrissy, and she was um, very eloquent with the way that she delivered her in information and then she would leave those pauses also and the power you, of silence yeah you know that's yeah. where the healing is isn't it that's where the magic is so it's wonderful mm -hmm. that you you did that yeah the gap definitely it's like in yoga it's the space between the breath and i did not realize that that was what i was seeking during so much of my addiction was that space that Quiet, sensual yeah. silence of the mind. We all long for that. There's also a term that they use with drumming, because um, obviously I'm a drummer. They say it's not what you put in, it's what you leave out. That's what makes a good performance for a drummer. Leaving, I mean, um, John, John Bonham from Led Zeppelin, he was a master at it, you know, and he did it with such finesse. He'd leave that space in it and allowed his his performance to sound huge in the process of doing that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Drumming, drumming is is beautiful. It's it's such an amazing expression. My um, my one stepbrother began his musical career in drumming. Um, he nice. he plays so many instruments. He's a musical composer now. Um, in Vancouver and sometimes across the, across the border into the United States. Yeah. And I remember as a teenager hearing that, you know, that would wake me up in the morning. Um, Who needs an alarm? It brought, it, it brought me joy and irritation. I mean, <laughs> he was actually in a heavy metal band. Oh my gosh. This has to be in the eighties or nineties called Helen Keller cool. says a lot. <laughs> cool name. <laughs> yeah, it. it really is. Yeah, yeah. So music, music is a muse for so many, and it brings such joy. Definitely. I mean, there's nothing like going to a Christmas concert where you where you've got all those children up on the stage and they're singing, and then there's that one child picking her nose. And <laughs> it's the best. Yeah. <laughs> I find music is my best way of communication. I yeah. really find it very powerful through music. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. You can just go with the flow with it, can't you? And allow that energy to mm -hmm. 
either interact with you through the um, the power of dancing if if you are, don't have any musical abilities, or you can just if you do have the musical ab- abilities. Just allow it to flow through you. I know that Julie does that when she's playing because Julie's a singer and a piano player and keyboard player. And to watch her work, she just, her hands have got like a mind of their own. They're all over the place. And this amazing cacophony of noise that she creates is uh, out of this world. So I know exactly what you're saying there. I don't know. And my my instrument of choice right now is singing bowls. Ooh, I have oh, one. Nice. Lovely. Um, I have a beautiful crystal singing bowl. It's the root bowl, yeah. and I I have many goals set for all the other bowls, so that once I complete a task, and I'm not talking about a little task, they're big ones, then I will gift myself another bowl, and I. Um, get mine from British Columbia, so I, I um, either either one of my sons drives it to me, or I drive down and we'll get the second bowl, and that creates memories and connection because life is memories. And I remember there is a movie; it's got Brad Pitt in it, um, as well as oh goodness, Silence of the Lambs, that same actor. Oh, and it's got the a color in the title. Um, Gosh! Oh, um, I was thinking of Meet Joe Black. Is it is that that it? That's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. it. I've yeah. never watched yes, it. Yes, it is. Meet. <laughs> <laughs> Meet Joe Black, and there's a lady in the movie, and she's getting ready to pass, and um, Spirit asks her through the character of Joe Black if she's ready, and she says said that she's has has enough memories passed. And I think that's oh, I what like life that. is, is it's packing memories. memories. It's yeah. all about the memories. And we can, we can replace the very tragic, the very sad memories with memories of beauty and joy and happiness. We can. But it does take resilience. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not easy. I think life is also about experiencing all the different levels of love, even mm-hmm. even the hardest levels of love, which are grief. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. Really. Yeah. So many, so many different types of trauma that we experience in our lives. That's one of the things that um, anyone who is a part of the uh, Recover Your Joy, um, the, the first level of membership, is able to work and practice on is what's called a trauma ladder because we all do have a ladder of trauma in our lives. And it's through reflecting that ladder that we can also see the courage that it's taken to live through those experiences. When we think that we can't do something, if we look back through the looking glass, we can see what we have done and that quite often will give us just enough courage to move forward into what we feel as though we are unwilling to do. Definitely. Um, would you say that journaling is a, a good way, a good technique to use whilst you're going through these uh, processes? Absolutely. And whether that is with a written pen yeah. or your phone, um, there's many times when I don't have a pen and paper and my 
my fingers hit the notepad on my telephone in notes. And then I take those notes and then I journal about the notes. And then I take my journalings and I put them onto my computer and they become a chapter. It's all, we have so many different forms of writing, but when I do my, my journaling or my writing, I often as much as possible use a blank page because yeah. then I don't feel as though I have to stay within the lines because lines mm-hmm. can be very daunting. We've all been taught to have perfect, you know, handwriting on the yeah. lines, stay um, between the lines, all of that. Quite restrictive. Yeah. Isn't it? yeah. Mm-hmm. I use and my- crayons. Crayons are fun too. Takes the adult out of the experience. Take up a crayon. Yeah. Sometimes mm-hmm. art therapy is very good, isn't it? For expressing those. Mm-hmm. Feelings um, that we can't always verbalise or, or write down. I mean, obviously, Julie touched upon music was her way of expressing herself in that way. Uh, but art is, mm-hmm. is fantastic. And again, it has no sort of rules or regulations. You can just be in that moment, in that space. Yeah. I had to pull my car up um, on Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday morning, I'd been out to... I'd, I'd got out into the into the into the hills to watch the sunrise at six o'clock in the morning on Easter Sunday, and I was driving home, um, and all of a sudden just connected with Christ consciousness, and I had to pull the car up and I had to use my phone to journal. And I don't know if you, I think you saw it, Glenn. On, I'd, I'd yeah. posted it on Facebook the words that I'd yeah, that I channeled that. Yeah. through with Christ yeah, consciousness, but. I literally had to just use and type on my phone to get so I didn't miss it, so I didn't forget what was coming through. So mm-hmm. in any way necessary, we have to journal, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> really. Absolutely. And and art therapy is extremely profound, and we can have so much fun with it. I mean, the mediums for art, I mean, they're exponential. One of the things that I love doing is watercolors, and I just use them as a background. Um, on paper, simply for the color of the sky um, or the grass of a green. And then I use stamps and pencil crayons or markers and I create cards or um, kind of like um, little mini pieces of artwork, a five by seven photo size. And that becomes a gift for a friend. There are so many simple things that we can do. And that's one thing that I learned through the teachings of Deepak Chopra is to always, always show up with a gift with every experience that we, that we encounter. And that can be something as simple as a smile, a flower, a piece of artwork, a song. There, there's just so much that we can give of this world. And when we freely give, we freely receive. That's very true. Mm. Very true. Yeah. And if we can give them the gift, if we can give them the spirit of a child and accept in the spirit of a child, because I think that's one thing that we struggle with as adults is not to accept things from others. I mean, could trace back to when you don't accept something from a stranger. There's a lot of teachings that um, create blockages in our lives. But when a child gives you a picture, they take a crayon and scribble on the paper (laughs) and they pass it to you. You accept it. You don't ever say to a child, ah, I don't want that. Just throw it in the garbage. It's <laughs> a gift, isn't it? I mean, I hope you don't. No, right? oh, definitely so, not. My fridge is full of them yeah. <laughs> from my children. Right? 
Yeah. yeah. It's such a, and if we can accept the gifts of others the same way, so that when someone gives us a casserole, um, we yeah. can say, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Instead of, no, 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 I don't need that. You keep that for yourself. It's part of the balancing process, isn't it? You know, um, gets you in the flow of the universe. Nancy, you talked earlier about uh, spiritual response therapy. And Ooh. I just wondered if you That's so to... much fun. I love SRT <clears throat> and I love how SRT came into my life. You know, when we can experience something ourselves, then we can understand it. It's so hard to explain so many things. And SRT was brought into my life through synchronicity call it coincidence but their coincidence comes from the root word of coincide so three parts of a triangle and there was someone who suggested to me srt because of an experience with another person that i was struggling with i had a huge rift in a relationship Mm. and i thought well ain't nothing else working so (laughs) i'll give it a go and i went from not being able to stand the thought of a human being to wanting to go in and have tea with this person. And it was so interesting because the person didn't change. It was my perspective of this person that changed. So then I wanted to know more about the SRT process and understand what spiritual response therapy was. And the training was coming to Canada. So I was so excited And then my trainer, Susan, couldn't come across the border, border crossings, right? And (laughs) so I ended up going to Sedona, Arizona to train with her. And it was such an amazing experience because when I picked up my pendulum, here I am in a classroom with, I think, maybe 12, 13 people. And everyone's picking up their pendulum and they're, they're testing it to see if they've got it attuned and if it'll give them a yes or a no, and mine won't work. Yes, yeah. And I'm like, I quit my job. Nancy, we're going to have to call time on you now because we're coming to the end of the Darn. show. So if That's it, okay. If SRT ha- is fun. If you have any links you'd like to share with our listeners, where they can oh, find you. website and Facebook. We will. We Exponential will. joy. Lovely. E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T-I-A-L. Joy. It's a spelling lesson. Wonderful. Exponential joy. Everything Sounds is there. Lovely. Fantastic. Nancy, thank you very much. Thank it you, has Nancy. Been such what? a pleasure. Um, I'll come visit you next time. Thank you for listening and continuing to support the Full Circle Podcast. We would love for you to subscribe and share. Don't forget to find us on our official Facebook page. Until next time, ha!
Have a good time. All of the time.